Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the world famous Talk Black to Me radio podcast. Boy, do I have an excellent one for you on this episode. I've got Nurse Deidre Kindred of Your Nurse Advocates. Your Nurse Advocates on the line and in the studio today. She's answering questions, she's uh, giving advice, and she's giving sound recommendation on what you should know and what you should do uh, pertaining to your next visit to your doctor. And hey, listen, you're not going to want to miss it. Once again, I'm your boy, Ja Lee, and this is Talk Black to Me. Ladies and gentlemen, I have with me an expertise in her line of service uh, to our people. Um, registered nurse has a BS in nursing, from bachelor's of science in nursing, uh, from the Texas Women's University in Dallas Fort Worth area. Yes. Um, lend a hand and introduce uh, a, a welcome to the show, Deidre Kindred. So I say yes. nurse. Deidre Kendrick. Well, you could say Deidre Kendrick. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. I'm very honored and I appreciate this so much. No, no, no. The pleasure is all mine. It's all on this side of the table. Um, your nurse advocates. You are the founder uh, or owner or have you you're the brainchild. Yes, I'm the brainchild. I'm the visionary. I am uh, the person that is wanting to move forward with helping others you, be able to you have, access the healthcare system. You have some years in nursing. Yes. You have some time. Why, why, why is that expression? Come on now. If you're, <laughs> if you're dedicated to something, if you're dedicated like what you something, saying. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll just I'm gonna share this with you. I'm, I'm gonna really because I I believe it's on my heart to share. Sure. So I have been in uh, nursing, the field of nursing, close to twenty years. Okay. I never ever wanted to be a nurse. Really? That was not my choice when I graduated from school. So um, I came from an entrepreneurial home. My mother was the type of person, go to college, get a great uh, career, and have your plan A, B, and C. So she was an entrepreneur at heart. My vision was to go to college and get my CPA. So went to college, started going to get my CPA, and no offense against the people who are accountants or CPAs, but I fell asleep in class. I was a straight A student, and then I started like skipping class and partying and enjoying life. Well, then life happened to me. I had a son, and then I was like, okay, now it's time to get serious. So I was gonna go back to school for my um, physical therapy get my degree in kinesiology because I love love to work out. I loved, you know, being physically active. Okay. You hear loved. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, raising my son, um, single parent, going to school, working on three different occasions, when you had to um, go through the kinesiology program at Texas Women's, they wanted you to, before you got accepted, they wanted you to do some volunteer hours. So 
make a long story short, I was uh, volunteering on, at a rehab, physical therapy rehab center. And a patient said, oh my goodness, your hands are so gentle, you ought to be a nurse. It's like, I won't be no stinking nurse. Uh. That's not my that's not my goal to be a nurse because right. my vision of a nurse was you know weak um, docile you know just the timid type thing mm-hmm. that television showed us right you know mm-hmm. the nurses that at that time I'm dating myself so a few months later uh, someone else says I was having a conversation with them or something I was explaining something and they said oh my goodness you ought to be a nurse. I don't want to be no stinking nurse. Okay. I, I'm not going to school for a nurse. You right. know, I don't want to get a nursing degree. That's not, I'm going to be a physical therapist. And the third and final time, I'm sitting at home. It's about 8.30, 7.30 at night. And I kid you not, I was about 32 years old by the time I started going back to school. And working, going to school, raising my son. And 8.30 at night, I get a phone call. And there's gentleman said this is governor jackson from texas woman's university and i was looking at your transcript and i was wondering if you would change your major from kinesiology to nursing we'll give you a full scholarship to go to nursing school boom i'm like okay god and he's the gentleman said uh all you have to do is write a 750 word essay on what education means to you and we will pay for you to go to nursing school you just have to change your major have that paper in here in, in the morning. So, ever since that journey, I started off in nursing. Um, I was a CNA while I was going to nursing school. And I have just had a fabulous, fabulous journey. And I know I am destined by God to, this is where he's leading me as far as my purpose and my passion for this business. Mm-hmm. So I hate injustice. I hate bullies. I hate people not being treated equally. So my, I got my, I started teaching CPR for fun. I've done, tra- um, a, as a travel agent for fun, I've done legal nurse consulting. That was not fun. <laughs> but I did it because I saw injustice in certain hospital systems and I'm not going to name any names, but there are certain hospital systems that it's like, oh, what's going on here? Why is everybody not being treated on the same level? Um, the color is green. And um, so I got my uh, legal nurse consultant, did that for a little while, made great money, but that wasn't my passion. It wasn't my purpose. Okay. And being in the hospital system, seeing the side, when you come into the hospital, we just erase all of your, basically you come in, your doctors have been seeing you for years. They know you. You have a relationship with these doctors. You come into the hospital system, say you had a fall or you have pneumonia. We erase everything. And then we fix that problem. And then we say, okay, we're discharging you. Make sure you update all your doctors on what we did. What? Really? you know, or let's go over here on the flip side. Say you have a home health service provider. What I would find is that when my patient would go into the hospital, they come out of the hospital. I'm like, why did they start you on this medication? And they then start you back on the medications that have been working. I don't know. So there's a tremendous gap in the healthcare system. So I know my purpose professionally is to help close that gap. 
personally, my mother was 55 years of age. She was diagnosed with, they were deciding if it was Parkinson's or MS. So at her age, she was too old for MS to be, you know, according to the medical, you know, textbooks. Okay. And she was too young for Parkinson's, according to the medical textbooks. Just forget about Michael J. Fox, you know. Right. Um, she also had asthma where she had to get allergy injections twice a month. And then she got, she developed dementia related to Parkinson's. And then she had colon cancer. So these are, what is that? That's a neurologist, an oncologist, a gastroenterologist, a primary care doctor. And as a caregiver, guess who had to coordinate the care? I did. Right. And it was very stressful. So on the caregiver side, I would get ticked off when my mother had a meet, had a, a doctor's appointment with a doctor. And I'm at work and they, I say, I need the day off. And they say, well, we can't let you off because we don't have any balloon pop nurses or we don't have any nurses to uh, recover um, the cardiovascular you know, surgeries or the cabbages. That's what they call them in the hospital. Mm-hmm. My mother needs to go to a doctor. I need to be there. And you're telling me I can't go because you don't have, where is the loyalty here? So I get very passionate about you as a caregiver, you're stressed out. You're stretched so many ways. So these two incidents professionally and personally have led me for you, the, your, the nurse advocacy. Nursing is the most trusted profession ever. And I feel like in the hospital or in home health, I didn't have the time to really help you navigate this journey. What questions do you need to ask the doctor? What um, things are that are affecting you personally and not the whole conglomerate? Because people want the medical system nine times out of 10, they want to put everybody under a umbrella. My thing is, is everybody is an individual. Everybody deserves the right to be educated properly so they can be guided in their healthcare journey. This is my mission. This is my purpose. This is my passion. I feel very strongly about that because of the things that I've experienced. So there you go. So you spoke about um, being educated properly. Uh, and I would say, I, I would even venture to say evenly across the board. What are some of the situations that you run into um, where they're, they're not being educated properly or evenly across the board? Um, um, so a couple situations where they're not being educated properly even across the board, and, and I still go back. I may get shot by the uh, hospital system police. <laughs> no, no, but, I, uh, if, it's a touchy, a, if it's a touchy subject, you don't have to worry about doing mm-hmm, it. I, I understand mm-hmm. HIPAA and all that good stuff and, and, and the things that you, you guys have to... Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's it's, it's systems, right? So what I found is a lot of time, especially in our community, first of all, we don't really trust the healthcare system um, because we feel like we're talked down to or talked at. Because I almost titled this uh, talk with you, Talk to Me, Not At Me. Mm. So being able to approach someone and not be that, you know, pointing the finger at someone with you, this, you know, just that condescending, um, I, I'm the doctor or I'm the nurse or I'm the specialist instead of working with you 
on your disease processes and your journeys and your medication to get to understand that we're a team. We need to work together on this. Right. But as a healthcare professional, I work for you, not you are just privileged to be in my presence. And sometimes I feel like that's how a lot of people feel. It was a lot of times that I would, I watch people and how they treat others and how they talk to others. And it's been occasions where I've seen it just point blank right out that you walk into a, a person of color's room a different way than you walk into a person of None. that's not None. of color. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. And in the way you talk to someone, it's all about respect, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all partners in this. That's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so many instances, um, and I, I can pinpoint so many, but <laughs> so is it um, your, yeah. Not to cut you off, but so is it your experience that people actually go um, to the doctor or to the hospitals or to wherever their physicians are, and they, for lack of a better phrase, feel that they're at the medical system's mercy. They don't Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And, and a lot of times I think um, it just depends on the generation also. I think those generations feel like, well, if I go into the doctor or the hospital, that's my death sentence. You know, uh, it's all over, you right. know. Right. And then a lot of uh, people from that generation too are like, oh, the doctor said, how long did the doctor sit down and talk with you? Mm -hmm. That would be my, one of my questions. Mm -hmm. Does the doctor really know your body? I prided myself when I worked in the hospital that, because I'm a, I was an ICU nurse, I know you from head to toe. I know the other dynamics that are incorporated in your disease process. It's not just about the disease process, it's about the whole person. What do you have going on that's causing you to have stress that you can't afford to buy your medications? Right, the um, issues, right. Absolutely. So if we can address those to address the whole person, but in the hospital system, you don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have time to really um, help a person through that journey so that they understand. So um, back to your question, I've seen a lot of incidents where you'll go to the doctor a person of color, first of all, you don't really trust them. You'll go in there and then they'll talk to you just like you expected. You know, right. um, or let's flip it. Sometimes <laughs> we can be difficult to deal with. So let's a two way journey. And I, I believe so two way right. street is like collaboration. You know, how can we come to a happy medium? But that comes from building that trust. Well, yeah, and, and, and that was one of the things that we spoke about in our preliminary uh, conversation. Um, whereas you know, a lot of people just don't have the trust um, for the healthcare system. And they think, like you said, it is ultimately uh, a death sentence um, to go to the hospitals or to, to allow them to admit you and Oh my God, this is this is the end right here. I, I remember Uncle Joe died in his hospital, whatever, whatever. You know, I, I, I wish I, I, I wish I never let them uh, uh, convince me to get into the ambulance. Yeah. I, 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 I yeah. wish I never convinced uh, let them convince me to be um, admitted. Now I'm up here three days, but if you were not admitted, if you had not gotten into mm. the ambulance, 
then guess what? You would have still been suffering and just would not have known it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that that's kind of, so your job as a nurse advocate is to be the liaison uh between the doctor physician uh, and surgeon i would even assume um not necessarily the surgeon but that could be possible because of the background that i have right. my whole um my whole realm is to decrease caregiver stress uh, from that experience of being told, no, you can go to the doctor with your mom because we're not going to let you off. First of all, that's slavery. It's control. There's too much control for me. Uh, right. I don't like nobody telling me when I can and what I can't do. Sure. And putting that, your system before my family is very important to me. Mm -hmm. But um, I've seen so many caregivers because even with my background with cardiovascular intensive care, pulmonary, renal, I still had to go and relearn about Parkinson's and MS because lots of people don't understand that nurses, we specialize, right? right? So right. a nurse, you can't just get a question answer. Like if you, somebody were to call me about L and D stuff or babies or children, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so my goal is to help decrease caregiver stress. So if you're a caregiver and you have a mom or dad, maybe they don't live in Atlanta. Maybe they live here in Texas mm. um, and they're needing to go to the doctors. And lots of times our parents don't tell us everything that's going on. Sure. Is it either A, because they don't understand or B, because they don't want us to know. But the things that they won't tell you, they'll tell me, mm. right? Mm. Um, so being able to understand how to coordinate that care, because lots of times what I find is that you're just on too many medicines, but all four of your doctors don't know because they haven't asked Dr. A what Dr. B is prescribed that interacts with what Dr. C is prescribed. So being an advocate and a voice for you to be able to say, okay, you say that your medications are not making you, um, they're making you feel sick and you're staying in bed all day. So let's investigate that. Right. The only way I can investigate it is to sitting with you, educating you on your medications and seeing what kind of kind of regimen are you on and just helping you through that journey. And so when you go to your cardiologist and then the few weeks later you go to your pulmonologist, they need to know what the other one did. And that's not happening a lot of times. But shouldn't that be in a patient's file? I mean, shouldn't the file? It should be. There, the, the, yes, the healthcare system is getting better, but who has the time? Right. So when you go into the doctor's office, lots of times some of the physicians, the primary care doctors and the cardiologists or whoever are seeing ooh, a great number of patients a day. You're in this room and you're out. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You come in to get your weight, to get your blood pressure. You go sit in the room. You wait for the doctor to come into your room. He comes in there or she comes in there. Oh, well, how you been feeling today? And you're like, oh, fine. Or you may, you know, kind of. Yeah. tweak it a little bit because you want to get out of there right you leave and you're like oh man i forgot to ask such and such okay. you're not getting them back to the next appointment you know because they're they're so busy i heard a lady say to me the other day that she works for a doctor she's an lnd doctor but she sees 40 something patients a day wow. how can you adequately 
you know, so the healthcare system is stressed out also. So they have their issues with, you know, being overloaded. And so you may miss something. Right. Right. So as a as an advocate, that's my my piece to be that liaison, as you say, mm-hmm. to say, oh, Jay, remember we wanted to ask about such and such, such and such. Are you remember you said you were dizzy when you were taking your blood pressure? Well, here are the blood pressure results, doctor. Let's discuss this because we may need to change this regimen up. Wait, wait, wait. Stop right there. So so you or or, or a person from your staff would actually accompany a patient to Absolutely. Their- Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So my whole thing is to, we will, it just depends. I have a plethora of services, like a scope of services that everybody's not the same, but what I do is I do a free 30 minute phone consultation. Okay. You're vetting me. I'm vetting you to see if the services fit. If the services do fit, I ask that we meet for a two hour in-home consultation Okay. And that way I ha- ask you to have all the parties who may be involved. You can have whoever you want there, your mother, father, sister, brother, right. aunts, cousin, lawyer, I don't care, whoever you want to be involved in your care. And then I need all your medications, all your doctors, all your diagnoses, and then I can put together you your own specialized scope of services. Are you wanting me to go to the doctor with you, sit mm. in that doctor's visit, help, and help you guide you through that and guide the doctor through that too? Because sometimes we forget to tell the doctor something that was really important right and then they'll prescribe something so whose fault is that it can't be the doctors it has to be ours right right, right. so it's also about accountability um so i will arrange to get the pa- uh, parent home and then i will call you and give you a verbal and or a written report whatever it is that you want so you can be involved in that in your parents or your loved ones care if you don't want me to do that, I will also, before you go to your doctor, let's formulate some questions that you need to ask when you're there. And we can write those down and then you can take those with you because I form, I get you together with a what I call my medical journey mm-hmm. booklet. Everybody has a different medical journey, right? So everybody, all my clients, if they want that, I can help them organize that for all their doctor's visits. So eventually they probably won't need me ever. Right. They'll be able to take this, my medical journey and has everything in there that's about you pertaining to you. So you can coordinate your care with your doctors. That is impressive. That is really impressive. And that's something that's much needed um, across the board, not just in our community, but just across the board. I mean, I, I can see where you're serving. Yeah, across the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lady come to me the other day. She said, I was just diagnosed with lupus. Would you go to the doctor with me? Because mm-hmm. I'm intimidated and I'm scared. So, of course. Well, I'll go to the doctor with you. Sometimes we need that, you know, at your back person. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this there are advocates out there. All of us have been advocates for our family members. Right. But my cutting edge and my niche is that I have the experience in that particular background so my goal is to when I start getting patients or clients I don't want to call them patients when I start getting clients to say you were just diagnosed with god forbid cancer I will have an oncology nurse that specializes in that she's worked in that field she knows the medication she's still working in that field she just wants to do a little what we call PRN or as needed she will be your advocate me myself cardiovascular, pulmonary, uh, renal, diabetes, Alzheimer's, but I'm only one person right now. 
right? Right. But I feel very comfortable in those in that field, that area. So my goal is not only to empower you and your family members, but my goal is to empower nurses. They're so beat up and beat down in the hospital system. They can't be true advocates because they're under that hospital system's care. As long as we remain in our scope of practice, we can advocate for you, for you, for you. Now, you're based out of Texas, correct? Yes, sir. But you do, I mean, there, there's no boundaries as far as where your services can reach? Yes, there is, because I'm licensed. I have what you call a compact license. Okay. So, basically, my business, this is just started. So, this is my launch month. Okay, so I'll just put it like that. So this has all been in the works, and then I'm finally like, boom, out here, marketing, getting the word out about what it is that I do, uh, educating people on what it is that I do. So I am licensed in 23 states because I have a compact license. Nice. I do envision being able to go to other states. Mm-hmm. I haven't incorporated that in my uh, plan yet, but it's there. Um, right now, I'm going to start in the DFW area. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah, I mean, That's understandable. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Now, a person is going to the doctor. They're going to go see their specialist. Um, what? Even if they have uh, a nurse advocate or not, let's say they don't. Just to arm themselves and so that they can come in to ask the right questions and get the right answers to the right questions. What should they be prepared? How should they come prepared? Um, Great question. Great question. Well, okay. So let's say, like you said, you're going to a specialist. Have some type of, if you don't want to take all your medicine bottles Mm -hmm. in with you, which they probably would ask for that. Say you are brand new, new. They've never met you before. I would take the medicine bottles in. Um, Go ahead and take those in. And then any history of any surgeries that you would have had, any family history of any um, diabetes, hypertension, whatever family history that you can get a hold of. Um, Any surgical procedures you can get a hold of. Because there's a reason that they have us fill out all that paperwork before they see us there's a reason behind that you know sometimes people get frustrated well why they need to know all this they need to know all that Mm -hmm. um so being able to show them that you're documenting things that they're doing and they're telling you to do uh that's a tremendous help for the doctors i loved it when people would come in the hospital and they were like oh here's my medication list Mm -hmm. or you know they have the the name of the medication the dose the frequency that they're taking it and if you can get the doctor that prescribed it that's even better because what if you have a pulmonary doctor which is a lung doctor a cardiovascular doctor and you have a primary care doctor you know all them need to know what's on that piece of paper about you so you can be the center and that's where that pill bottle comes in because even if you can't remember it, all of that is on the bottle itself. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And it's a hassle, but it's worth it in the long run. And also, you know, being able to eventually coordinate because things change, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes a doctor will say, well, we're going to take you off of uh, metoprolol and we're going to put you on carvedilol. 
you know, so being able to update that consistently. And that's another thing that my company will do. You know, when the doctors change things, we'll be able to help you update that so we can keep that journey accurate. So, you know, just it's a hassle, but that's some of the things that when my mother had to go to the doctor, we took all that, especially if they didn't know her. First of all, I was going. If I couldn't go, my uh, other sister, she's a nurse, she would go. And then baby sister, she doesn't even work in nursing, but <laughs> she would take copious notes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So and then going in with the attitude that we're a team. That's another thing. You know, I mean, I know it's hard on both sides of the realm. I mean, that could be another topic or so another time. But mm-hmm. going in with the attitude that we're a team on the healthcare provider side and the patient side. Okay. Now, now that knocks my next question out. Well, at least puts it back on the back burner for a moment uh, because I've heard individuals um, that said that their doctors just didn't have a bedside manner that they could vibe with. It just didn't jive with, you know, their energy or their spirit. Um, yeah. What, what do you do? I know that's hard. That's, yeah. Well, you know, I tell people, first of all, um, I think times are changing. There are more doctors that are more um, willing to collaborate with you and talk to you. But you do have those doctors that are out there that think they are God and you can't change them. But what you can do is change your doctor. And you also have to take into the fact account. Sometimes it just depends on the doctor. Sometimes if his bedside manner is crap, let me just go on and say that, but yeah. he's a excellent at what he does. Right. Get over it. Get over it. You ain't got to sleep with him. Get over it. Get him in there and let him do what he needs to do. You see what I'm saying? And hey, have a good day. Thank you. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? But if he is, is a crappy doctor and he got a bad attitude, well, you have a right to get another doctor, you know? Well, what, um, what constitutes a bad doctor? I mean, oh my goodness! Oh, you don't want me to go there. No, hold on, hold on. Before, before you answer, before you answer, before you answer, <laughs> and, 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 and I've got a couple questions here that, that some people actually sent in. So you know, but we'll get those in a hot second. But, but let's let's make sure. Let's be clear. Just like in high school, just like in college, right? Everybody mm-hmm. didn't graduate top of their class. No. There are, some, no. there are some doctors out there that just snuck by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you happen across one of those doctors, and I don't think he knows what he's doing, baby. What do you do? Well, you, get a, you call and get a second opinion. You can always ask people. You know, just ask questions all the time. There were certain times... I was, when I worked in the hospital, somebody would ask me about, well, what do you think about Dr. So-and-so? Mm-hmm. And I keep it real. Well, I wouldn't let him operate on my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or to me, what constitutes a bad doctor? Let's think about that. So a doctor that not, not only has a bad attitude, but it's just bad in general. He doesn't care. He's just about the money. And the per- best people to ask about that is the people that are the people that are working with him or her. Mm-hmm. 
but some people won't be keep it real. I do, but some people are, you know, intimidated or scared. But I was hearing that lots of hospitals like UT Southwestern here in Texas, right. you can go on to their portal and and look at their credentials and um, see who's going to be coming into your room or see who's going to be taking care of you. So they have a great system. And then plus, just uh, going to the uh, uh, American Medical Association, you know, and just kind of looking them up, vetting them just like anyone else. Um, but I want people to know they have a right to choose. You know, um, there's been lots of times that people have fired their doctors in the hospital. It's really? sticky, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just the personality, like an uncaring, or they just didn't trust the doctor, or um, it was a personality conflict, or, you know, they wanted a second opinion, or, yeah. Does that happen often? I mean. No, yeah. not that often. Not really. Not that often. No. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I, I have to ask these questions because people want to know, and we're mm -hmm. we're here to give um, that information out that may not be, you know, so readily available by any other circumstance. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. maybe, go ahead. I was gonna say I had a um, um, surgeon that I trust tremendously, and she's a. Uh, a person that you know she'll just call it like she sees it so lots of questions that she would ask her doctors that work with her mm -hmm. if it were you or your loved one what would you do okay. you know so that's a great question and then watch their body body language and watch what comes out of their mouth and their actions you know if it were you or your mom your dad your sister brother cousin wife loved one what would you do Let's take a break right here, and when we come back, we will take um, questions from emails that were sent in uh, and, and messages that were sent in from our audience. get it because of situations here in the legal mm. system in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and the prices, I guess, out of their realm or a bit more than what they would want to have to spend and go to travel to 
get it. What do you suggest in a case like that? Or is that anything that you can even advise on? That's that's nothing that I can really advise on because it's so new to the United States. And then you have to watch about the legalities. Lots of times, you know, I, my advice would be with the being prescribed the medical marijuana, mm -hmm. get a second opinion. Also, um, I would be talking to my attorneys, you know, just to see because you don't want it's such a sticky, sticky, sticky situation right. because I know medical marijuana does help with cancer pain and MS and things like that, but I am not a doctor. So I can't say, well, you know, cause the laws are always changing. That's such a sticky new um, field. Right. I'm interested to see what's, what's going to be happening in the next four five, 10 years. So my advice to that person would be to get a second opinion and check with a attorney and see what the laws are, you know, pertaining to the that state. Right, right, okay, all right. The next one that we have is my doctor is prescribing me uh, basically a various amount of prescriptions um, and it's holistic healing Ooh. an option for any of these. So she wants to get off um, the medicines uh, and want to go holistically, which you know I'm a big fan of. I'm a big proponent of. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Anything natural, mm -hmm. I like to mm -hmm. try that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Is that is that even something that you should bring up to a a, a, a doctor of medicine uh, that you're thinking of going? Holistic. Well, there are a lot of doctors that are doing that holistic, um, you know, realm. So I would get with a doctor that, and a nutritionist too, someone mm -hmm. who specializes in that because they, uh, I'm of the opinion, they have a whole lot of companies out here that are selling these free research-based holistic products. And then they'll say, oh, we got this research study, research study. Study. on study yes not studies mm -hmm. right um of these companies trying to sell i'm not going to mention any names but that's that entails a lot of research i would look for me a holistic doctor that's already practicing and they are coming up and about so i would find me a holistic doctor you know to help you get off some of those medicines that's awesome now i'm just going to throw this out because of a personal experience that I've had, um, I was prescribed some stuff. And I've always been the individuals like, you know, um, I, I would jokingly say, if the doctor ever prescribes me anything, I'm going to take the prescription to the witch doctor and be like, what you got for this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I trust the witch doctor more so than I trust the physician. I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's scary, too, because without having an advocate to help you research that the right way, because mm -hmm. there are, I do believe that people can, I've helped some of my patients when I worked in home health, get off some, a number of medications. Right. But it's a process. It is a process. And, and you have to do the right research, because a lot of the holistic things interact with some of the medications that you're being given mm -hmm. and can cause problems 
So you have to be very, very diligent and do the right research when you're looking at a substitution of, of things. Okay. Now, yeah. Last and final question. Um, I've got an, an individual here that asks, how much of the problems do you see in the medical community are attributed to or attributed to or can be controlled through diet? And I'm assuming that they're whoa. Whoa. Okay. That's humongous. Cause you know what it is? What is uh, we Americans? We nobody, like our food. Nobody makes a, the, the best sweet potato pie or the best pecan pie <laughs> and big mama. Exactly. Right? It's a battle. Right. Yes, exactly. It is so much that's attributed to diet, not only our diet, but everybody's diet in general. We Americans, we like to eat. And then we want to take a pill to fix what we just did. So it's a process. It's about moderation, exercise, diet. Oh my goodness, that's a huge factor when it comes to eating green vegetables not greens soaked in uh ham hocks and <laughs> but uh, you know and that's hard because i have some i have some people i know they like this person's a diabetic and she will come in eating donuts oh i'm gonna take my insulin that's not the fix. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, right. It, it, and it's, it's, it's moderation. I think diet has a humongous, diet and exercise has a humongous part of we can get off some of these medicines that we're taking. So you run into situations where people just don't want to give up those habits to help make them better and perform yeah, yeah. in life. It's but it's not funny right uh it's 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 something else because we don't want to give up in order to increase our lifespan you know we want to enjoy it's a it's a right now pleasure right now type uh factor you know everybody even myself battle with that i know i should be getting up about five o'clock in the morning doing some setups and and probably getting on that treadmill that's getting collecting dust but have I done that? No. So I can't blame nobody but myself. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, yeah. I know I could eat the salad when I go out to eat to a Mexican restaurant or something. I know I could, I should, should get a salad. But I'm getting the enchiladas and the fajitas and the margaritas. <laughs> all, all that good stuff, right. Yes, that's all about choices, right? Why are you wearing, also your, thinking, why are you wearing your nurse's uniform? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It's been a hard day. It's been a hard twelve hours. A hard twelve hours. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. This is like, like, like I said. I mean, those are the only questions that I had that that came in. Awesome questions. Um, definitely, definitely. I appreciate you. I want. I want to tell you that this has been the interview that I've been waiting for all day. Um, oh, thank I, you. I, I've been excited about it since we did our last um, uh, initial, uh, I guess, call interview. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been, I, I've been wanting, like you know, I've been wanting to get this information out there to the people because they need to know. 
And for anyone that needs yeah. to know any more information or, or needs to get in touch or, or need to find a health care advocate or a nurse advocate in their area or want to get in touch with you personally, how would they do that? Well, let me say this. This is a new and cutting edge business. Okay. Most advocates work for the hospital or they work for an insurance company or they may work for a rehab center or something like that. I came up with this partially because there is a society called uh, Alliance of Professional Health Advocates. Okay. So there are advocates out there. So you can go to that website, which is APHA.org. Okay. Or if you're in Texas, you can come to my website, which is yournurseadvocates.com. Believe it or not. I can be reached on there. Believe it or not, we so, do have uh, listeners in the great state of Texas. So, yes, that is helpful as well. <laughs> Yes, yes. So there are advocates out there, and they specialize in all type of arenas. I had a lady contact me via email. She must have saw my website, and she was asking me about navigating Medicare. Mm -hmm. That's not my specialty, but what I did was recommend her to an advocate agency that is doing just that. So it's about being able to help the person. I may, My services may not be a match for you, oh. but my goal is to connect you with somebody who can help you. Okay, okay, okay. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. So if, if, if there were any parting words or anything that you wanted to to leave with, uh, I guess, potential patients or clients or, or, or somebody, someone that has that um, scheduled visit for their doctor or, for, or their specialist coming up next week or in the near future, what, what, would, you, what would you tell them? What, 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 well, my thing is to um, seek help. Uh, don't Google. <laughs> uh, don't try to do it alone. Even if you have to call a family member that may or may not be in the healthcare profession, just having a second set of ears and eyes and uh, being able to brainstorm with that person for your loved one or even yourself. Don't go alone if you if you if you have to. And then if you really want a professional healthcare advocate seek out my company um, and um, just be diligent and be in charge of your own life by getting you yourself educated. Okay. And that company website and company contact information is? My website is www.yournurseadvocates.com. My email is Deidre, D-E-I-D-R-A, at yournurseadvocates.com. I also can be reached at 817-854-3240. Once again, please. 817-854-3240. I do uh, offer free 30-minute phone consultations to see if we're a fit, and we go from there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There is no reason to go it alone. You have what you need and you have your contact. Uh, there she is, Nurse Deidre Kendrick, a partner when you need a partner for that visit to the doctor. Healthcare journey, yes. And, and don't try to steal it because it's copyrighted. You can't use it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you for joining us and thank you for your time and, and, and good luck thank and, you. and all of that in your best endeavors. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Edutainment and entertainment. That's how we do it right here on the Talk Black To Me radio podcast. I'm your brother, Jolly, signing off, man. But don't forget to follow us on all our social media pages. Talk Black To Me podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talk Black To Me pod. That's Talk Black To Me P-O-D. Also, you can email the show at talkblacktome at mail.com. That's talkblack, T-O-M-E at mail.com. And also, the U- the new YouTube channel. Get you some of that. Talk Black To Me Podcast. Spell it all. Talk Black To Me Podcast. I'm your boy, Ja. And until the next time, man. Peace. We out.